welcome back to the Film Realcast. This time it's another film from our vault. It's released in October 2018, currently no longer available on the queue. I'll put it out again, but it's 2014's Lucy Stein, Scarlett Johansson. Action, sci-fi, mixed reviews this film really got. A film I like so much, I even named my lovely dog after it. But it's myself and James, it's the audio podcast. So again, you can sit back, relax, and just enjoy us talking about Lucy. Again, very mixed reviews between myself and James, but a podcast and a film I really enjoyed. Okay, again, thanks for listening. Again, check out us on iTunes and on Android, all podcasting platforms. And again, go through the YouTube channel, click on that subscribe button, leave your feedback, and it would just be great. I really appreciate you checking us out. You take care, have a great week, and we'll be back very soon. What happened? What did you do to my stomach? What's going on? We've merely slipped a new package into your lower tummy. And you're going to transport something very special to us. Somebody put a bag of drugs inside me. I need you to take it out. It's leaking. It is estimated most human beings only use 10% of the brain's capacity. Imagine if we could access 100%. Interesting things begin to happen. I've accessed 28% of my cerebral capacity. I can feel every living thing. Since when did you start writing Chinese? What happens when she reaches 100%? I have no idea. And welcome back to the Film Real Cast, where we are going to do the Black Widow origin story. Gee. <laughs> Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it's uh, Lucy, 2014. It's uh, another film in a row that we've done that you've never seen before that, again, we haven't spoken about. So no. whatever your point of view will be, I'm going to hear them for the first time. So... Yeah, I'm going to be, it's going to be intrigued with uh, what you think of this film. But first of all, yeah. I, I posted it on Facebook and I posted it on Twitter as well, that I have seen the film of the year for me, which is A Star Is Born. So that film was just out of this world. Honestly, I admit I was a bit teary eyed when I watched it, but uh, it's just so good. If, if you watch that and you don't have tears in your eyes at the end of it, then you've seriously got emotional problems because it's uh, it's just so, so good. Uh, Pretty lucky that Graham, Graham's not here then really, isn't it? Oh, exactly. I mean, the soundtrack's amazing. Lady Gaga is, is just fantastic. And uh, Bradley Cooper's, it's, I mean, he took a year out to learn to play the guitar to do that film. But, it's just such an emotional film, like either happy, sad, and you get so involved with the cast, the storyline, and it's just so, so good. I just, I was totally blown away. I mean, I've seen it three times. It's just fantastic. So for me, I mean, Infinity War was great. Don't get me wrong, it was amazing. But this film, the way it sucks you in, your emotions, is so good. It's just, I can't recommend this film enough. I'd go and see it again, honestly. It was that good. So, yeah, A Star is Born. Uh, the anticipation was 
10 out of 10. The film was 10 out of 10. And afterwards, it was 10 out of 10. It's so good. So really? if you get a chance to see it, I definitely recommend A Star Is Born. It's so good. I mean, the only, the only film I saw... There you go. I have not seen that. Um, I saw um, Venom the other day. What did you think of that? I thought that was terrible. <laughs> I liked it. For what, but then again, I, I went, I think, a good like week and a half after you went, and the reviews were already in. So I was not expecting like a masterpiece at that point. Um, and because what I wasn't expecting it to be great, I actually, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't, think, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I, I thought it didn't take itself too seriously. It's not going to win any awards. It's not the best film of the year, but I didn't regret watching it. So. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy did what he had to do. And I think he, he you could tell he, he was really trying. I just thought the story was a letdown. And after maybe 45 minutes, I felt like the film was rushed. Um, it was quite it wasn't short, enough wasn't it? Explain. Yeah, it really wasn't that long. I, I, I mean, the best thing about Venom, I thought, was the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. That that, that yeah. was like the crux yeah. of the film. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I, I didn't, I thought, the, the only thing I didn't like about the film was obviously the uh the, the you know the doctor guy the the main villain yeah it was it, i just thought it was a bit tropey that he ended up he ended up having the other symbiote which venom had to fight yeah. and i just thought oh for god's sake um can't, couldn't you think of anything else uh so yeah so, so he was a really good villain in a way up until that point i mean i i always say that someone normally the best villains are like the ones that aren't as powerful as the hero. I mean, I find, like, the Joker, for example, Lex Luthor. Um, in Daredevil, yeah. you've got Kingpin, like, so, who is very hard, but you, you you never really quite see him on the same level as Daredevil. Funny enough, he is, in a way, but he doesn't yeah. he doesn't use his physicality really to try and win the day. It's other things he tries to use. Um, um, and I thought, that, oh, that's really good. And they kind of, like, ruined it, I felt, by, by doing that kind of, like, tropey, move it may well be in the comics that that happened so but i just i just yeah. felt a tiny bit let down by that by by, by that which was that was the worst part of the film i didn't i didn't dislike watching it though. again would you go to the cinema and see it again um probably not um but then again oh, 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 you know i saw charlie's angels four times oh god it's because I, I had a i had a i had a i had a drew barrymore crush though to be fair like really badly and obviously i, I couldn't date her i couldn't stalk her so the yeah. only thing I could do is watch Charlie's Angels. It's quite a sexual film in a way, isn't it? So they wear tight clothes and it's very sexual. So it is, it is. But Stu, talking talking about angels, Scarlett Johansson. Yes, yeah. As I say, getting back to it, Lucy, 2014, written and directed by Luc Besson, produced by I imagine this is his missus, um, Virginie Besson, Scarlett Johansson, Morgan Freeman, and Choi Min Sik. This is the second film we've done, um, reviewed with him in it. Do you know what the other one was? Uh, what was the other one? I Saw the Devil. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, time to shine there, time to shine. Um, yeah, I did a bit of internet research in this, because I saw this film, I really wanted to see it when it first came out, because it looked quite interesting with um, the superpowers they revealed in the trailer and everything. Uh, and apparently, that Luke Besson, came up with the idea, because he's fascinated with... Um, the humans, or the it's the myth that the humans only use 10% of their brain capacity. Um, and I looked into this because I don't use, I probably, if that is true, I only use about 3%. 
uh, and to where the myth came from about the, how much we use. And apparently, this isn't me, obviously, because I'm not intelligent enough to know any of this, but in 1907, a book came out um, where a scientist, William James, argued that human humans only use mental resources in their brain, but he didn't specify percentage. Okay. And apparently, uh, they reckon the myth came around um, because there was articles and everything that... Uh, you, oh, my dogs are fighting. What a time for them to fight! But there's, um, our brains made up of ten percent. Um, the neurons make up ten percent of our brain cells. And they reckon that's where the ten percent myths came from, that we only use up our brain. Where in fact, even the smiling and everything, we're using all of our brain to to be able to do that. So it's a a complete myth and a load of nonsense that we only use that much. But I learned something. I used about 11% of my brain trying to find that out. So wow. So say you, itself. Absolutely. Uh, and so, so really, you're only a couple more percentage for, for, for having uh, your own FaceTime on, on my on my very own screen. <laughs> I could do. I could do. I need to press a button. So my dogs have been sleeping all day. Now Molly and Lucy decide... <laughs> There you go. That today and now will be at a brilliant time to have a bundle in the front this room. Is this. It's because the, it's the 11%, Jay. The 11%. <laughs> I think they've got that 2%. <laughs> Lucy goes around the park and eats her own crap. <laughs> She's from a 2%. Yeah. Molly pinches one out. I go down to pick it up and Lucy's eating it. So, um, yeah, that's an insight, everyone, into the world of my dogs. But... Yeah, so Lucy, the plot, obviously we're going to be spoiling the film, talking in depth about the film. Um, when her boyfriend Lucy is tricked, played by Scarlett Johansson, into delivering a briefcase, um, supposed to contain uh, business papers, the once carefree student is abducted by thugs and intent on using her as a drug mule. Mm-hmm. Um, she's surgically implanted with a package containing a powerful chemical called CPH4. Um, after being assaulted by a, a one of the uh, the goons, it leaks and she has superpowers, um, including telekinesis and telepathy. Um, she goes on pursuit of her captors and she's helped by a neurologist, uh, Morgan Freeman, who plays a character, Professor Samuel Norman, uh, who she hopes will be able to share her ability with. And that is the plot. It's quite a straightforward storyline. Do you agree, James? Go. Um, it is quite it is quite a simple storyline. Yes. And what did you think about the film? What did you know before you saw the film? Not much. Um, I, I've seen the trailer. I thought it was really... And I, and by the, I really enjoyed the trailer. Um, and, and it was one of those films that was on my like bucket list to watch. And then, I, I, annoyingly, I, I forgot about it until I think it like appeared on Netflix or, or Amazon Prime. Um, other yeah. streaming devices. Uh, apps are available, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and it was always on my bucket list to watch. For for whatever reason, though, I think my, my other half of show, she never really was into watching it too much. So, so um, yeah, it just kind of went by the wayside until, obviously, you mentioned it. Was it the fact that it. the trailer looked good, or was it that Scarlett Johansson was in it and she looked super fine? She did look super fine, but it wasn't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, she, she's, she's not, not, not my number one, unfortunately. Who's I, your I, number one? Uh, Judy Dench. Um <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yes, um, and I thought that the trailers made it really, really, really interesting. Um, but I think from from what I remember about the trailer, it almost the trailer almost made it out to be 
more of an action film than it really is when you looked at the trailer. And and it, it's more of a it has its it has it has a fair amount of action in, but I wouldn't say that's what is the crux of the film. No, I agree. Yeah, the, tra- the trailer. I watched the trailer the other day as well, and that clearly draws people in on the action side of things. With mm. um, the, it's more the kind of the the question of how is she doing this, and that's what sucks you into wanting to see the film. Yeah, um, that's what it did for me anyway. But I mean, I love Scarlett Johansson. She's just my number one. I think she's really, really nice. So uh, but yeah, so the film starts with her. She's allegedly a student in Taipei, Taiwan. Does she look like a student to you? She didn't no. to me. No, she doesn't. But she's meant to be twenty-four. Yeah. Um. How old is Scarlett Johansson? I don't know, to be honest. You don't know. Um. She, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly confident she's not twenty-four. Um. Uh. I don't. I, I don't have a problem with her being a student, though. I mean, any. Let's be honest. These days, anyone can be a student, can't they? Yeah, she doesn't come across as an idiot, does she? No. Well, she does to a certain extent because she's with her boyfriend, uh, Richard, outside the uh, some kind of hotel. And he's talking about going into give some paperwork to a businessman. He's been really vague. He's clearly uncomfortable about doing it. And he says he's getting £1,000 and he'll split the 500 quid each, which is absolutely nothing. And Richard himself looks like a complete tit, doesn't he? He, yeah, he does, and, and you've kind of got like the flashbacks of uh, their day together or their previous week together. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, he's, and he is a bit of a dick. Um, and 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 interestingly, um, Scarlett Johansson isn't doesn't come across initially as the brightest of people. Um, at, at the beginning of the film, he's definitely punching above his weight. Um, and she's kind of like a almost naive. Slash, you always get the sign that she's a bit of a party girl, likes to loves to pop the pills potentially. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't come across as really a, your your typical typical heroine, and um she and she doesn't really appear to have too much going for her when you see her with this guy as well. Um, I mean ultimately, I think when he when he kind of like screws her about with this random package she's got in the thing, you do feel kind of sorry for her, and you do think, oh, what a you know, you, you do feel he's a bit of a dick. Um, yeah, because he handcuffs her yeah. um, without her knowing to the package, and she's got no choice but to take it in there. And she said, well, "What's in it? It's, it's it's papers for a businessman, and mm. all you need to do is go to the desk, say my name, give it to him, and that's it." And she's clearly uncomfortable. But what I love about this scene is that when she obviously goes in there, and uh, she looks really out of place. It's a really smart hotel. She speaks to a receptionist. And Court says, I'm here to see, um, or is it, I'm here to see Mr. Yang or whatever she says. Um, and you know, it's and not, also, you know, it's not going to be as simple as that as well. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, the movie, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the movie like puts up your expectations for that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's done really well because she's, he's told to wait there. She says, I'll go and sit over there. And she said, no, I'd advise you just to stand where you are. And then you see these what, five businessmen come down. And as you see her standing there looking really nervous and then walking towards her, um, it then, as it does in a lot of this time in these films, it it shows you cheaters walking along. um, And then it flicks over to like a gazelle or a springbok who's the prey. And as they get closer, they show the prey and it gets being caught. And it's just reflecting that the baddies are obviously clearly really bad and they're the cheaters. And she's the easy prey. 
and it shows you the cheetah catching the gazelle and as soon as they've got their hands on her and it's absolutely brilliant the way it's done that so it just paints a picture without really saying anything and they kidnap her and put her in the lift and they're not saying anything whatsoever so you don't really know yet what's in the package and she's being carried up the lift and then they show again the cheetah carrying a dead gazelle in its mouth up into a tree and obviously she's going into the lift so it's it's really, really good the way it's done. I love that side of the film, and it goes like throughout. It, did you get that? Link, it does. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was fairly explicit. It was fairly obvious about what it was doing, and I like that. I felt though you didn't. That idea was really, really good, and it really wasn't expanded on throughout the film. It, I thought um, it wasn't. I mean, that was when you had that like weird comparison. That was the best that it got. I felt in the film and going forward I thought there weren't as good as examples and it wasn't done as much um yeah and because and, what I would have liked in a way is is almost like an anagram of maybe throughout the film she ended up becoming the cheetah rather than the gazelle for example you know yeah and but I, cause I thought that was like a really original idea at first I was like what the hell is going on I was, I was like have, have, has someone like edited a David Attenborough documentary along with it um but but yeah <laughs> very quickly though i, I did on you know i realized what and i thought that was really really quite original um it's it's, it's not something that I've, I've, I've seen before um so what, no. what i thought was quite weird in a way uh was what ended up being quite good but then again when you look at luke besson quite i think like especially like leon like his, his early stuff he is his stuff is quite arty isn't it as well the films he makes yeah i mean out of all the films he's done leon is probably the my favourite film of everything he's done. I really like Leon. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I mean, Gary Oldman's performance in that was just superb. Oh, yeah. But yeah, as you say, it's quite arty. So she's taken up to the hotel room. Um, and as she's going into the room, she sees like Lee's legs on the floor covered in blood. And then um, she sat down. And then Chow Min Sik, uh, Mr. Yang, comes out covered in claret with his kind of safety goggles on, which are also covered in blood. And she's trying to explain what's going on. I just love the expression of this is just wasting my time. I couldn't give a shit. And he clearly doesn't understand what she's saying. And then he gets a translator on the phone. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was really, really brilliant. Yeah. She wants the code for the uh, suitcase. And it's really, really good. Because, again, you're sitting there thinking, well, what the fuck is in this suitcase? And when he's given the code to unlock it and everyone... kind of gets out of the room apart from the henchmen who stand in behind like these massive plastic shields. So if there's an explosion that they'll be all right. And she's left there handcuffed to the suitcase thinking, what the fuck is going on? What am I going to discover? It's really, really good tension. You feel so sorry for her. She's either going to die and not open the suitcase. And he's basically telling her by the door, smoking a fag, just hurry up and get on with it. He's, he's got no, Kind of, he, he doesn't place any humans kind of above himself or even parallel with himself, does he? He's got no regard for life. Yeah, he is an uh, a-hole. Um, throughout the throughout the whole film, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. He just, just, just doesn't really care. He's very, very arrogant. He thinks he's above everyone else. Um, he's quite. He, he, I mean, he's like your typical almost gangster boss who um almost a bit like the raid, if you may, doesn't care who he kills. Um, ultimately, yeah. does he? Um, he's, he, you know, he, he's number one. He's quite a nice piece of work. The movie establishes that very quickly. Yeah. So she opens a case and he asks what's in it, and 
there's those blue pills. Then, to everyone's relief, she comes back in, and they kind of open the, the one of the bags, and they get this complete smackhead to go and sit in front of her, and he's clearly a user by his teeth, and he's just a waster, and he inhales some of the like the blue kind of powder. And they're waiting for a reaction from him. And he just sits there laughing. And then all the, like, the henchmen start laughing. And then um, Mr. Yang just shoots him in the head. As you do. Or one of, yeah. And it's just, again, it just shows you what he's like. And still wondering, what are these pills? I mean, how come in the trailer she's got all these superpowers? And this guy just looks off his nut completely. And again... It doesn't give a lot away of what's actually going to happen, but you kind of see what the um, CPH4 can do slightly. That it's obviously a uh, like a an addictive or hallucinogenic drug, and that's what it is, isn't it? It's mm. meant to be marketed for the West and yeah. exported out. And they and they and they explain it that it's a synthetic drug based on um I think um a, a period uh, something that women produce during their pregnancy, which I thought which I thought was a nice touch. I, mean, yeah, I don't know whether yeah, that's not, the case in real life, but I thought that was quite good. Apparently it is. I had a look, and it, and it actually is that um, that is the drug that uh, pregnant women produce, which is obviously in smaller quantities. But well, they, they, yeah, I just thought yeah, it's bizarre that they use that. Yeah. So, um, so she's obviously fucked now, properly fucked. Um, so what they say to her is basically you're going to stay here. You're not going to go anywhere. She thinks that she can go now. Um, and she's punched in the face. After, after, she wakes did, up. did she say, I forgot what she said. Did she say she wanted a job or she didn't want a job? She didn't. No, I, that's, it, that's it. I thought, yeah, because when I, when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, she said she didn't. And then I thought, oh, yeah, she said she did. Um, yeah. yeah, they're basically offered her the job. The alternative is to die now or take the job and, she, she, I think she reluctantly agrees to taking it in the end, but the look on her face, I think, yeah, she doesn't want to take it. But I just wonder, because when she wakes up, um, she's got obviously stitches in her side and bandages around her. Mm. Did you, having not seen the film, did when I first watched it, I thought that they were trafficking um, organs. What did you think? No, um, I figured the minute the, the minute they took the drugs out, um, uh, then again, I had watched the trailer as well, which which gives a you could argue maybe gives a bit too much away about 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 the plot. Um, I don't know, but it I knew it was um it was she was going to be trafficking the drugs. And it was this new new unique way of trafficking those drugs. When I mean, like she'll go past the airports and stuff. Obviously, you're not going to search inside someone's body like that, other than like the obvious cavities. Um, yeah, because I, I didn't know whether. They cut one of her, her lungs out, and if she didn't do it, they were going to say they were going to give her a lung back, or they were just trafficking lungs as, or organs. I really wasn't too sure, but yeah, I, mean, so I think if you hadn't watched the trailer, you were you you, you could have come to that conclusion, definitely. Well, maybe it's only used three percent of my brain, but I thought that. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> she's forced into a room, and then you introduced to another character, which I, I like this character. He's He's fucking horrible, but he's funny. The Limey, who's uh, basically a gangster equivalent of a travel agent. And she's joined in the room with, I think, four other men. I, I think there's four or five other people. And you soon work out that they're going to be trafficked to different places all around Europe, kind of like Rome, Paris, um, I think it's at Milan, something like that. 
that they're all going over Europe and they've all got um, drugs inside them. And they're told that don't alert any of the police or the customs because we know where your families live and predominantly your families will be executed. If Including you're... your second cousins. Like yeah. Right? And uh, this, the way that the limey explains it, he's really polite. He's really nice. And he's uh, a complete opposite of what everyone else is like who's a baddie in the room. I mean, I thought he was quite funny. Yeah, and, and it's disappointing we don't get more of him in the film. Yeah, yeah, because he's he was quite he was just different really. I didn't expect that. Um, so they're told to go around Europe, and once they arrive at their destination at the airport, they're going to be met by other parts of this um, gang where the drugs will be taken out and they'll be paid their money and they can get on their merry way. Do you think that would have happened, or do you think they've been executed? Uh, executed. Yeah, I think they would have had the drugs taken out of them, and they would have probably died during the operation but um yeah they didn't have to be so careful on getting the drugs out of them once they got to their location really did they when you when you think about it yeah so lucy's taking captor um and i don't know why she's separated because whether or you mind you don't see the others whether they're kept locked up in a room or not but she's locked up in this chair was she uh, the only girl as well i think she was she was the only girl yeah and i when but that was almost, I think, I think, yeah, her boyfriend who got who got shot, obviously, and is dead. I thought um, she basically replaced him. So ultimately, it probably was meant to be all guys. Um, but because obviously he kind of like messed it up, potentially. That's why. Uh, but do you think he knew that this was going to be the case, that they'd be used as a mule? And that's why he told her to do it? Because that wasn't explained, was it? No, no, I don't, I don't think it. No, it, that, I, that didn't affect my enjoyment of the film. Um uh, I don't, and I don't think it needed to be explained for me anyway. I was quite, I was quite, I was quite happy because how would he have known that anyway? I mean, you know, that's quite a plausible. I don't think it was really like a plot hole or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, why would no, they want no. to tell him? Because he's a nothing. When, when, you, when you see what an a-hole the, uh, you know, you know the boss is, it's like no way. You, you know, he's, he's not going to tell anyone, is he? He's going to screw you. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just wondered. I mean, I, I like to know these things. I need it explained to me because I'm a divvy. But um, so while Lucy's being held captive, uh, she's obviously still looking incredibly hot. And one of the captors tries it on with her, um, and she shuns him away. And due to this, she's kicked repeatedly in the stomach. And that's when the story really starts going, and it focuses on what's about to happen through the film. Mm. Um, and the drugs leak out in her, and you kind of see it as, as if several fireworks go off inside her body and her neutrons become kind of better and just her whole capacity, she's switched on. Her eyes turn bright blue, which is the colour of the uh, the CPH4. Um, and she was suddenly, from being a victim, she's very calm and she's very self-aware of the whole situation and she's not panicking at all, is she? Yeah, um, I did feel, in a way... For me, that happened a bit too quickly. Um, I mean, I thought I thought a gradual thing would have been would have been nicer. Having said that, though, the film's only eighty nine minutes, so so ultimately, other than making it, I, I thought I thought it was a very good length. Um, it didn't it didn't drag or anything like that. So so maybe that would have made it drag a bit a bit too much. So yeah, um, and whilst this is happening, and it does go to Morgan Freeman. As I said earlier, who plays uh, Dr. Sam Norman, 
and he's a kind of, I suppose he's a I don't know if he's like was a neurological surgeon, but he's a a professor, and he's in front of like a large auditorium of lots of students and specialists in that field, mm. and talking about the brain's capacity. And he goes from kind of apes to saying dolphins are the most advanced mammals using the sonar radar, which they invented themselves. Obviously, this is just from what's in the film. I don't know whether that's true or not. Obviously, they do use sonar, but whether they adapted it, I don't know. But um, I thought that was fascinating. I found out, I don't know how much of it yet yeah, is true, but I thought that's really, really, really good. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, I really enjoyed what he was saying. I don't know whether I enjoyed it as just because it's Morgan Freeman's voice and he could talk about anything and he's just got such a great voice. Um, it's just one of those voices that you love hearing. It's so silky smooth, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a really interesting tone he's got to his voice. Um, and he's talking about the dolphins and then above there, when it goes to 20%, that they'll have the power of telepathy and um, telekinesis. And then from then onwards, it's like pure conjecture of what the brain could do it can control um electric waves around them mm. um, which we see later on and then it goes into uh, the realms of just fiction really where you become an all-knowing being and not a person um because your body's is they say your body's like a waste it's just a shell and your mind is a lot more powerful and become everywhere like a, a huge entity which I tried to understand it and I did look at a lot of forums and people trying to explain it and uh, it fucking well confused me. It really did. But that's the general <laughs> premise of what they were going to say. I wish I would have listened at school now. It's only when I watched this film I realised. Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought the general premise was really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I loved it because because it's an untested source, obviously, that you can just go into pure science fiction and, and do what you want. And it definitely and did. This well. film definitely yeah. did go did go full science fiction and if it's done well it's really entertaining to watch uh, I, I personally i think the way this film progresses is really really good because she's obviously assaulted and the drug leaks into her body uh, which gives her uh, telekinesis and when the captor comes in to try and get her again he's basically i think he's going to rape her that's what he's going to do so he takes his belt off. Well, she even, uh, she even like, I wouldn't say invites it, but uh, basically she does the whole open my legs, come here. And you thought, okay, yeah. well, well, she's not going to let that happen, is she? Um, and you kind of like, yeah. no. At that point, you, you you got a feeling that he's in more danger than she is. Yeah, and the look on her face. Yes. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's kind of quite emotionless in a situation where she'd potentially be raped. Yeah, and yeah she's something. completely changed from about seven or eight minutes ago. Yeah, but that's too quick for you, you say. Well, I just thought it, it would have been it would have been a nicer build up if it was gradually over time. For example, she she was still scared, but then she kind of like you know like almost it is a bit of a trope that superheroes almost the first time they use a lot of their abilities is almost by accident, almost like a muscle memory or something. Yeah, she's completely emotionless. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would almost prefer it like that, and and like you would have like a gradual a gradual thing, but. You know, that's just like more of like a, a niggling point rather than, um, you know, a, you know, a, a, anything else. Yeah, I mean, so she, I mean, she disarms and she kills the, the, the first captor. But I didn't, under, I couldn't understand why she's climbing up the walls and walking on the walls. That, 
that didn't really make any sense to me. I, I kind <laughs> of bought really into it. Weird. I bought into it because, because I mean, going into it, I know it's a sci-fi film. Um, but yeah, that was that kind of like even in this current universe that they're giving you, <laughs> it became really difficult to suspend my disbelief because I was like, okay, how the hell is she doing it? Initially, I thought. Um, oh, she's on the floor. But then I realised, I, I very quickly realised, you know, that was the lights she was like, lying next to. Yeah, and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that, that was a bit strange, weird. It? it was. Yeah. So she escapes. Um, she walks into the kitchen and she kills five more captives instantly. Um, from, you get the impression that she's never fired a gun before to walk into a kitchen and, again, emotionless, she just kills five of them straight away and then sits down and eats their food. Then walks up to a taxi driver and says, which one of you speaks English? And one of them just ignores her, so she shoots him. Yeah. And then the other one takes her where she wants. Um, so she goes to the Tri-Service General Hospital, uh, and you don't really, or I didn't really know why. It's not explained why she wants to go to a hospital. But she's walking around with a, a gun in her hand, and no one's actually paying any attention to her, which is worrying, whether that's a, a normal thing in Taiwan. Um. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't really hiding the fact that she had a gun, but yeah, yeah no, that was a bit... Yeah, it was a bit bizarre. So there's a guy who's having surgery. She walks in there and she looks at the charts and I think he's got a brain tumour and that he's going to die. She can instantly, through her new powers, look at what's going on and know he's not going to live. And she, I think she shoots him and just throws him off the table. Is that right? She doesn't. But how does she know that? I mean, how does she suddenly get this intelligence? Where did she get it from? Well, it's a CPH4. It's making us super intelligent, isn't it? Okay, but how? Yeah, but how does she suddenly acquire that knowledge that she didn't, didn't before? Um, that's what I found a tiny bit difficult. Yeah, it's not explained why. And I would have liked her to be able to talk to herself while she's doing that, and to get a general understanding of how it's accelerated so fast that she could read a medical chart. But it was the I only think... thing I could think of is, is um. When Morgan Freeman was going about on about when we use like twenty percent of our brain stuff, we have an understanding and control and can control our body more. For you know, like, like he asked her later on, can you control your metabolism and stuff? And the only, I, I guess, the only thing I, I can explain it away in my head, which the film maybe didn't make it obvious, was the fact that she's got so much knowledge of her own body at that point simply by looking at a, an X-ray, etc. She can understand other people's body. Because she's got so much knowledge of hers and realised, and then you know, put two and two together, what's going on? I guess. Yeah, I think you're spot on to be honest, because that's yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I think you're right because when she's on the table and she tells the doctor that she's got CPH four inside her, um, and he says you need an anaesthetic, she says I don't need it because she can control her own pain threshold in her body. Yeah. And she makes a phone call to her mum while she's been operated on and talks to the doctor. So. Yeah, that matches in with what you were saying. I think that she just is so self-aware, probably, of how the body works now um, mm. and can make that diagnosis on their behalf there. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Well done. Well done, James. Didn't even think about that. So you did watch <laughs> the film. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she's told by the doctor that um, it's the CPH4 is a, um, a substance that's produced by pregnant women in small qualities um, in their sixth week of, or the first six weeks of their pregnancy um, to provide the fetus with energy to develop. Yes. 
So that's if she's had a large quantity of that, she's obviously uh, developed her brain extremely fast and that she's fortunate enough to actually survive to take that much. So she then goes back to her apartment where she lives and you've got a flatmate there who, from general impressions of her, of what Lucy was like, her flatmate's quite a party girl who's... It's like Lucy's... Idiot, yeah, it was she? like... Yeah, but then again, that was... What I liked about that is it that was... It showed her, even at that point, how far Lucy had come. That was like her old life. Yeah. Almost, you know? And yeah, it, showed, it showed us, And it showed us how much she'd changed. Yeah, and she's... Yeah, she's changed a hell of a lot, and she can program computers, and she's just... And she does research while she's there um, for all of the books that uh, Dr. Samuel Norman's written. And within about... 30 seconds she's read every single study and case book that he's read or mm. he's wrote sorry yeah and at the time we don't really know what she's doing she looks like she's cracking into the matrix or something like that but it turns out that's what she's doing um so from there she then actually uh calls uh morgan freeman or i'm gonna call him because i'll forget the name and she does it on the the telephone first of all then she appears on the tv and then she appears on his like alarm clock and the radio and talking all at the same time. And that's when she kind of explains, which I needed that she can control um, like radio waves and understand the flows of electricity. Mm. So she can appear wherever she wants. And I thought that was really clever. Again, it's because it's pure science fiction and no one's ever going to know if you can do this. I just, I like the imagination that um, Bison's got to, to do this i think it's really really good because when when it's done well and that you can't prove that it is true or not and it cannot be done or it can be done if it's done well you believe it that's what i always find and i found myself believing this you see you, it, it does but and this is one of my bigger gripes of the film um maybe maybe it is it is a sci-fi and maybe i should i should have been more accepting of it but i felt that throughout the film it got almost to the point of i don't want to say i don't want to say ridiculous but i i personally found it harder and harder to believe as the film went on and and i really blame and i will get into it and i and for me it was literally the last nine or ten minutes that i thought okay um and we were getting into as as you mentioned it before we're getting into the realms of the matrix almost um yeah uh, yeah 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 in in at, at that point um but that's obviously like towards the end yeah i mean lucy then goes back to the hotel dr yang's uh, dr yang mr yang's hotel and kills all of his bodyguards and yang's there getting a tattoo done by somebody who looks like amy winehouse um and i don't understand why i mean what she does is she reads his mind and uses her abilities to be able to and I still can't quite work out how she does it, but it kind of plays back to where each individual who's a drug mule is then given a plane ticket. And it plays back as if she's in the room looking at the tickets from different angles to mm. see the different airports that she goes, that goes to all I can. And it's as if she's seeing it from someone else's eyes. And I don't quite understand that point of view. It, it doesn't make sense. Does it? No, to me, it didn't. 
No, it, that, did, that didn't make sense. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. If they'd done it from her point of view, at which point, a, a bit like, so like I'm like like you and I, like you almost like can rewind of what you saw and zoom in and t- to stuff and things almost, you know. So you have yeah. like almost this this you're taking the idea of photographic memory to the next level. I think that would have been a lot more accepting. Um, and you would have gone, oh, okay, that makes sense. She she can basically completely remember everything she actually saw. Which I thought was yeah, interesting. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's Yang's point of view of when he bought the tickets or when he had the tickets yeah. on his desk. Yeah, that, that would make yeah. more sense. But Absolutely. to see it from the eyes of certain people, you just don't know. But but I don't know why she doesn't kill him after that. That's she killed all his henchmen, but why didn't she kill Yang? She just stabbed him through both hands with knives and leaves him there. But that that didn't make any sense whatsoever. There was no reason for her not to kill him. No, other than no, the only reason for her was the con- convenient for the plot almost. Um, and the asterisks, and that's where I felt the limey, the, the English guy, should have come in more and should have maybe yeah. been like the big bad guy really in the end. Reveal, ha ha ha, I'm the mastermind. He kind of like, cause he came across as almost your your James Bond type villain, didn't he? Rather than obviously the stereotypical gangster. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so from there, she decides to contact um, Pierre Del Rio, who's a detective over in Paris. And she warns him um, that there's drugs coming over to Paris and these other airports um, and uh, to make police aware. And he thinks it's a hoax call. And again, uh, all I can think that she, he's, she says, well, how do you know or how do I know this is true? And uh, she talks about the red pen on his desk. Mm. And there is a red pen, and he's quite freaked out, as in, how does someone know this? I, I, yeah, but I've no idea how she knows know that. I've no idea how she knows that. But She can see it through his... She's advanced that much that she can see what he sees. Maybe. I mean, that. yeah, I'll I tell you what. If it explained it that way, that would have been really brilliant, I think. Because um, I thought that was, a lovely, that was a really, really good touch. And I think a lot of this film... I think would have improved more if it would have been able to explain how she can do that or why she can do that. It, yeah. You know, it, it didn't have to, yeah, um, maybe a bit That's better. What I needed. Yeah, mm. because I don't know whether she sees it through his TV, his TV monitor or, but it would have been nice if she would have said, well, how do you know, or he would have said, how do you know that, that she would have turned around and said, well, I can do this. And then you thought, oh, fuck me, that's really, really clever. But the yeah. fact it's not explained, you just, you have to accept it, but there's no explaining it. And that's, that kind of puzzles me. It annoys me. I like an explanation. If they're going to do something which is way out, it, it needs an explanation for me anyway. But she rides on the, uh, she takes a plane journey over to Paris. And while she's on the plane, um, or before she gets on there, she changes from blonde to dark haired and her whole appearance. And she can do that through, I understand that she can change her body. She's got yes. power over her, her mind has, and she can change her appearance. And so she does that, um, which is fine. Again, I love the idea that you can change how you look. You're that powerful enough that you yeah. can change the whole genetics and DNA makeup of what you look like. That was absolutely fine. While she's on the plane, um, a stewardess asks if she wants a glass of champagne. And she, her whole body fucks up and freaks out and her whole genetics she turns into like quasimodo's ugly sister <laughs> i she... thought that was really weird and it wasn't it, it wasn't explained well in terms of like oh she has to have this drug otherwise otherwise she ends up like this um yeah it was yeah. her body rejecting the champagne that's what i presume oh oh that's all right then 
Uh, Having okay. looked on the internet, that her body was so powerful that it doesn't need substance to keep going. It just needs more of that CPH4. Oh, and when okay. It, that's, when I'm, it's given the champagne, it rejects it. That's just from internet research that I've looked on different forums because, again, it wasn't explained no. um, why she's she turns into kind of particles, doesn't she, in front mm. of everyone. Um, and then her, her face, she goes into the toilets, her face starts drooping and sinking, and as soon as she takes more CPH4, she's herself again. But again, without an explanation, and should you really have to go to the internet to look for an explanation of no film when you're watching it? You, you shouldn't really. No. Um, so and then it, she's actually at the airport, and then it goes through where all of the drug mules are arrested at various airports. Um and they're all taken into kind of uh, police protection. And they're all, for some reason, they're all put together, which seems a bit fucking bizarre to me. Um, <laughs> and this is under the eyes of um, like the Yakuza or the gang, whoever it is, who realize that somehow they've all been fucked over um, and that they're not going to get any of their drugs. So from then onwards, the she wants to go to the hospital. She wants all of the CPH4. And she needs a CPH4 to keep surviving, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You felt, yeah. Um, she, she, she does. Um, and then, and ultimately, she, end up, she ends up uh, going to Paris, doesn't she? Obviously, that's where she's going. Because she said to Morgan Freeman's character, I'll see you in 12 hours. Yeah. And, uh, it's so it's really weird, because a lot happens whilst they're at the... Uh, I think it's whilst they're at the hospital... Um, a lot happens that isn't explained as probably every 20 minutes or every quarter of an hour in this film, you see a percentage just come up on the, which I thought was a nice touch, which I thought was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice touch. And it shows the audience of the percentage of her brain. And when it reaches like 50% that, you know, she's going to be so much more advanced. Mm. You just don't know what's going to happen. And while she's at the airport, um, like the gang come in, the bad guys, um, and they killed a policeman who are so ineffective. It's unbelievable. And they remove all the CPH4 from the drug mules and they're going to escape. And yes. they're joined then by Lucy in the corridor and it starts to get really fucking weird, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Um, I, I love the bit when she goes to the police station and she said to the uh, police officer, I just want to talk to you. Um, and then everyone else faints, which kind of like intimates how powerful she is. Yeah, she's super, super powerful now. The, the baddies approach her in the corridor and you've got the detective behind who's still completely oblivious to what's going on mm. um and he stays with her because she's really fit and what man wouldn't stay with her i mean you'd be thinking <laughs> with love up your body rather than your brain wouldn't you <laughs> yeah 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 you, you probably i mean she even she even um she even meant even mentions at some point why do you need me and she went oh to to like remember as in the fact that yeah. she was once and i guess that was like she was once human yeah where she's kind of like maybe not so human anymore above that if that makes any weird sense yeah that's why i think that she wants to be a good person who is trying to do the right thing where she's emotionless and is just so focused on the cph4 now but she's approached by all the baddies and they shoot her and you really do get a matrix callback where the bullets are frozen in the air um and all of the baddies are lifted in the air they're not killed they're just held suspended in the air in the corridor in front of the uh the detective who really has got a um a what the fuck look on his face and i really like this because it's just so fucking out it's so out of the blue isn't it it's not explained you're not prepared that she's going to do this no 
she just does it. And each time she does something like this, you never get that look of surprise on her face. No, no, it's, it's like she knows. She, it's like she has. She, well, we know she's got full control of her on her body, and and she's become really, really emotionless, hasn't she? Um, yeah, she's got complete powers of telepathy and telekinesis now, and she just can do whatever she wants. And I, I think for me, I would have quite liked a look of surprise when she does some of the things, especially early on. Especially early on. Yeah, when she's learning her powers, I quite mm. like that. When you get like the Spider Man and but that and goes to my point and everything like that. That I think I made earlier, where I think maybe initially, and it is just a niggly point, a, a gradual learning the powers, being really surprised early on in the film would have probably helped. Yeah, it would have been. I could have explained it within ten minutes of of mm. what she could have the powers yeah, that she can achieve. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, and that would have been great, but. She does that, and she gets the um, CPH4. Um, and after she's done that, they then leave the hospital, and she's being watched by um, Mr. Yang, yeah. who's outside um, with the rest of the goons. And she jumps in a car, and she says that she'll drive, and she's never driven before. But she drives almost by using the force, doesn't she? Yeah, she, yeah basically, she can drive perfectly. And that I accepted, funny enough, a lot more than the other stuff straight away. Yeah, she's got full control over traffic lights, she just controls bridges. She controls everything. And it's a really, really good car chase. I I thought it was great. What did you think? Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I didn't have a problem with that at all. And I, I kind of accepted the fact that she's that, she's so good. Um, yeah. That, uh, yeah. She's she, emotionless while she's doing that. Yeah, she can like almost calculate all the gaps and stuff and kind of like almost predict potentially what the other people are going to do. And I, I was like, I, I, I was absolutely fine with that. Yeah, and while she's doing that, you then see um, Professor Norman with his colleagues in Paris, and a lot of this is obviously shot in Paris just because of um, Luc Besson, mm. who wanted to do a science fiction um, which was filmed in Paris. Yeah, um, he's along with his colleagues setting up lots of kind of apparatus and everything like that for Lucy's arrival, and he, even, a man of his caliber, and he's obviously a very intelligent person that he doesn't quite know what to expect when when Lucy arrives. He's, no. seen, he's seen her on a screen and he's spoken to her, but he only admits, even when he was doing his talk to all the other people, that it's pure conjecture with regards to what the brain can do and what abilities other people will have. So he just clearly doesn't know what's going to happen when she arrives. No. No, and, and she obviously, and then I like, I like it when she does. Where are you? Oh, I'm right here. And then she walks to the door, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Touch. And she's followed by all of the, uh, like the gang who um, arrive about five minutes beforehand. But it's probably when she arrives to meet Morgan Freeman is when the film really gets fucking crazy. It really goes into the mind of Luc Besson of, of what he believes a kind of superior being is and mm. the because they start off with lucy was the the name of the first ape uh, the first kind of mammal on the planet that's yeah. where it comes from and you do get a, at the start of the film an ape drinking in like the jungle and that is lucy apparently um so it's really really weird that, that she turns up um in a professor's lab and she actually, she tells the scientists 
And it, it's, I really had to listen and watch this a few times of, of what the point was that she was trying to make. And she tells scientists that the time is only a true measure of human life and, um, and, of exist and existence. And she tries to explain that for a diagram, which I needed, um, of a car traveling down the road. And it's purely that everything humans do, they measure it by time. Yes. And when you're such a superior being, there is no such thing as time because you're everywhere and you can control time and matter. So you don't have to wait and there isn't any time. It is, it, you, yeah. You are kind of time, aren't you, in a way? <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to watch it twice to get that bit. It is really, really yeah. bizarre. And it's it is really really confusing, and it's just reminded me of in the Matrix when they meet the gatekeeper at the end. Oh god, that was oh yeah, god, that was that yeah yeah that was. I've watched that so many oh. times, and I fucking do not understand a single thing they talk about. Um no no no, but let's I mean yeah, <laughs> um the Matrix yeah that's, that's the Matrix trilogy is another story entirely. First one's awesome. Um the sequels are very average, I thought, but there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So her body starts to change into like a black substance. Um, and I thought this was, yeah, like this is nanites. my point. The film kind of lost me there. I was like, what the hell is going yeah. on? I didn't yeah, quite get it. Really, really bizarre. It, and it kind of, it starts like from her arms. It's kind of like tree trunks going out. And it starts spreading over the computers and other objects in the lab. And she transforms into uh, like an unconventional shaped like computer doesn't she a, a mm. weird large computer um that contains all of her knowledge that she's learned from when she's gone up to because at the moment she's on 99 percent, and she loses the human form and she's got all the enhanced knowledge of the like the universe from when it began yeah. and you see her when she's sitting in this chair that she now has the ability to physically travel through time to go back from when, um, like the war for the dinosaurs to when life began. Yeah. And she can travel through time. She's that powerful now. And it, it's not that she's seeing what's happened back then. She actually is a physical presence back then, which is really weird. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's fucking strange. So she eventually reaches the oldest discovered ancestor, which is Lucy. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was a nice point because the, the film I didn't quite, you know, almost well, didn't begin there, so to speak. But but it was that was near the beginning, wasn't it? That that's oh yeah, that was at the beginning that scene with the with the ape. Yeah, it goes back to the beginning of the film, doesn't it? And she touches fingers with her, and um, and then goes back further and witnesses the Big Bang from when mm. Earth began. And uh, while she's sitting in this chair, you've got um, the gangs there with anti-tank weapons, machine guns, shooting the police um, in the corridor just outside the building. And it, all hell's fucking breaking loose and there's loads of people dying. And they're just trying to do it just to protect her. And really, Morgan Freeman and the other scientists are standing there helpless, aren't they? They, they just yeah. don't know what's going on. They're not prepared for this whatsoever. No. No, it's a fucking really, really weird ending, and she reaches a hundred percent and uh, of her cerebral disappears capacity, and then disappears. Yeah, and <laughs> she is, uh, disappears within the uh, space-time continuum, and she just vanishes. Where she explains that she's connected and 
to everything in existence and there is no time whatsoever and she's just left there with a, a pair of lovely shoes and then um, Yang walks in and Del Rio enters and shoots him and kills him yeah. and he asks um, Professor Norman takes a, well, like a USB flash drive from her that she turns yeah. into which contains all the knowledge of the universe which I I quite like that I thought that was really good to be honest I, I thought well, it was quite at that point I was just like what, what, don't know, really, what the hell is going on how does she make that USB how she can make plastic how can she make actual items from, from skin it's impossible um, that, that's what I was going on in my head uh, it was really yeah I, I have to admit I, it was an ending of a film which does not really make it only makes sense of what's happening at the very last second when she becomes a USB stick. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that made sense. That did make sense. It, it made sense in that she's become a USB stick. The leading up to the how and, and why, I was really, really scratching my head. Thinking about weird. it, even when I listen to you say, yeah, it makes sense when she becomes a USB stick. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking ridiculous that in is, itself. It is, it is. And, <laughs> and for me, and for me, the ending was, I think, the, the, the one of the worst parts of the film. Because um, uh, I, I was just like, what? really really bizarre um but then again you know it was kind of like leading up to that should i be surprised yeah. I, don't, I don't know but because <laughs> she disappears and then um del rio asks the professor like where is she and it, he gets a text message saying i am everywhere um and that is it and it says life was given to us billions of years ago um and now you know what to do with it and then the film ends but i think mm. the fact that we've just had a conversation that she becomes a usb stick it's fucking ridiculous. It, it is. I mean, I mean, now we've finished. I mean, now we've got to the end. It was. I thought it was a really, really interesting concept, a really exciting concept. Um, and um, and I thought, uh, it, it, it had it been maybe done differently, the concept I think would have been potentially for me been much more interesting. And 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 you could have you could have gone to completely different places with this film, and it just but. Instead of going, I mean, instead of going moderate sci-fi, it definitely went full sci-fi, let's say. Yeah, well, um, I looked, on, again, um, of the ex- explanation of the end of it, and it says, um, at this point, again, I'm just reading what I, uh, what I found. At this point, her brain can restructure all the cells in her body to transform into some computer. Then it says, after all, the computer has been designed based on human brain. Um, Lucy is hard at work collating at all her understanding um, into readable medium, a medium that can be plugged into a USB port, mm. um, which is the only interface that can um, that can be used by humans. And that's why she changes into that, that I suppose if it, she was somewhere else that she transfer it, transform into something else. But um, it's just, it's a really weird ending and the whole film it keeps me it, it keeps me entertained it's it's quite a fast-paced film and when she has a special powers and the fact that it kind of ticks up it's a race against time throughout and the end of the end of the film is so fucking strange that it leaves you looking at your partner or your friend whoever you watched it with saying yeah. what the fuck was that yeah i mean i was the second time i watched it with my mum um uh, yeah and she, yeah and she, she didn't dislike it but she was like well that's a bit strange um you know none, uh, neither of us regretted watching it. i didn't regret watching it again 
Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really weird. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like going on a brilliant roller coaster ride and all the way through you're thinking this is fucking amazing. And then the very last loop or the very last thing that it's meant to do is a, a bit of a letdown. And you kind of think, well, that was good. But yeah, the ending just ruined a lot of the ride for me. And it, I, I kind of watching it again and again, I felt the same about this because mm. it, it was just such a shame because I really do like this film. And I, I just think there's not enough explanation into what happens at the end, unless you're like a neurologist or that you've studied this and you agree with what Basson says and you're in his mind because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. So I don't want to have to do internet research into understanding several parts of this film and what the ending's about. Cause... No, I, I, I think sometimes you shouldn't, you shouldn't really have to. Um, um, I mean, then again, you get endings like, uh, not um that that you know that are quite open-ended in films that, that you look for but this really wasn't an open-ended ending this was a, i don't know this was yeah full weird um you know they're ending a number two of this well this is and, and this is this is the thing yeah i've seen that on scarlett johansson's imdb like the, the list it's a bit it's a bit like for example you, you know when where the matrix ended and neo was really really yeah. powerful and you were like well where is this going to go i mean the matrix was if there wasn't a matrix sequel i think we'd have wanted one but in hindsight, yeah. we really didn't need one. You know what I mean? And I feel the same yeah. about this film. Yeah, it doesn't need a sequel. You know, you know where it's going to go. And you, it's been explained that telekinesis, the telepathy, um, what the person's going to turn into. But a sequel, uh, it will just crash and burn. It, it will not be any good. And it's certainly something that if it was a, a cinematic release that I wouldn't rush to watch. No, I, I don't know where this can go but i think besson's had so many fucking failures since making this film that they really do need the money and i think he's trying to wire into something that was a success and hoping it will be again just to generate money because this did make millions and millions this film it was very profitable for the low budget yeah yeah it, it, it did and i think i think it was really good i think the idea um the premise of the film was better than the film itself i felt ultimately yeah um yeah yeah um, okay, so let's get on to your best bits, worst bits of this film. Best bit was the idea, the premise, I think. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, and the worst bit was uh, probably from about three quarters of the way, it just got a bit too a bit too weird. And the, implement, in the implementation of this idea and the premise, kind of like I felt really, really let down by it, particularly the ending was strange. Um, um, I mean, I, out, out of five, I'd give it a three. Um, I really enjoyed it. I don't regret watching it. Would I would I watch it again in a couple of years? I probably wouldn't have a problem watching it again on my on my own accord. Um, Scarlett Johansson was really good from like the um, ditzy little you know typical blonde to the like emotionless person at the end. But I think because she was so emotionless, um, I think it was quite important. For example, we had her sort of relationship with the cop, um, yeah, which wasn't really done that much. But then but then we kind of like maybe needed to spend more time with them together so we saw her abilities through his eyes like he was like he should have been like us amazed at her abilities because at that point it was really really hard to relate to her where we did at the beginning um and yeah um so three three out of five for me it's you yeah um i think the i really enjoyed this film and i will watch it again probably in a couple of weeks time because i just i just really like it but the worst bit is the end of it once the car chase is over once she meets morgan freeman um and she's up to kind of 99 percent 
that bit just doesn't make any sense to me and it is enjoyable but I like to know what's going on to get a full understanding of what's happening I clearly didn't get that um Scarlett Johansson's performance is really really good I think she's absolutely brilliant for this and I can't imagine anyone else doing it not as well as her anyway but um the best bits I I just think I love the concept of it like yourself I think it's absolutely fascinating that because it's just unknown Mm. Uh, I, I like the way it's done it needed more explanation into what she was doing like I said earlier with regards to trying out what she was doing um and freaking herself out about the telepathy telekinesis that would have been really nice that she would have done it either by mistake or trying to do it and yeah. it would have opened up so many more avenues and a lot more enjoyment of when she's doing it later on in the film because you could fully understand it um and you could kind of grow with the character as well that's what i would have liked but yeah i'd give it probably a three and a half out of five um and yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. I will watch it again for a fact. So um, I really like this film. I think it's just great. And Scarlett Johansson's fantastic. She's got one of those voices. Again, if you watch um, her with Joaquin Phoenix, that's it's just her voice in it. She's not in it physically, but that's brilliant as well. So um, yeah, anything with Scarlett Johansson's in, I'll definitely watch. She's the draw for me, definitely. The draw. Okay. She is. So, but next week is the big one. Well, yeah, next next one we're 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 Simon doing Batman v Superman. Yeah, I haven't seen this film since it came out, so I'm really really excited to watch well, what, it. Yeah, what what Simon suggested, and I, I said we'll do it, is make sure we watch the director's cut because he said the normal cut is not really good, and the director's cut, he said, get, it, it, he felt makes it a much better film and i have not watched the director's cut but i slated and completely disliked the normal version yeah definitely definitely it'd be really interesting to hear everyone's point of views as i say i've only watched it once mm. um and i wasn't really impressed but it may change over a second viewing if the director's cut is that good yeah 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 really he said he said yeah he, he said because um, he, he said he was reading articles and stuff about how how the director or whatever couldn't wasn't really allowed to show all the you know, you know the whole film or his whole vision and it really changes the film yeah. he said um so uh yeah no, um, i'm definitely up for that it'd be great it will it will so that i mean so I that'll mean, be next we week with uh, simon as our special guest on the show so that'll be absolutely great looking forward to it well and after that we can choose a film of your choice that possibly i haven't seen before and then i can I've, slate it I've, well, I've already chosen i've already chosen i don't think we've done it i don't think we've done it but there's a reason for it because I, I imagine it's halfway through October. I'm not going to be tro- I'm not going to be tropey and choose a horror film. Um, right. Uh, I am going to do a a film though based around a kind of like holiday in England. Yeah. November the fifth. Yeah. Do you not know feel Do you not know feel I'm choosing? If I said it's to not you, for Vendetta, is it? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Don't you like that film? Oh, I fucking hate that film. <laughs> well, maybe I'll choose another one. Maybe I'll choose another one. No, no, one. We'll no. See. We'll watch it. We'll do it. It's good um, when you get two different points of view. So, uh, in as well, yeah. I, maybe, maybe I'll think of another one. But, 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 but no, we'll see. No, uh, speak for Vendetta. You've heard it here, folks. Speak for <laughs> okay, be, be, yeah, I've really wanted to do that. And I, when we since we've done the podcast, I've always thought, ah, oh, missed opportunity. We could have done that around that time. Yeah, you know, definitely. Natalie Portman. Yeah, she's very good. So, uh, yeah. And you've got the other geezer in. It was James Bond. What was his name? Uh, James Bond. You know, you've got the guy that from the Matrix in it. Oh, is not is Timothy Dalton not in it? 
no, I don't think he is. I think of else, and I don't know. You've got the guy from Aliens in it. Uh, Alien, sorry, the, the, who died with the Alien. Oh, right. Famous actor. Oh, maybe I'll um, yeah, it's got quite a few good people in. Um, is no, it, I'm, I'm well up for that. It's going to be good fun. Comic book story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite political as well. Quite left wing. Yes, it is. It is left wing with a very right wing way of doing things. I guess you can yeah. say. But yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But anyway, the important thing: Batman v Superman is next. Definitely, definitely. Well, it's been great again, and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to it again. Back episodes on iTunes and Android. You can listen to over a hundred podcasts of us rambling and taking the piss out of each other. I still recommend The Wrestler, which is about probably episode 30, 35, something like that. Yeah, I know. There's so many good films, isn't it, we've done? There is indeed. There first is three indeed. Star Wars. First three Star, I think first three Star Wars films we've done. You've got The Dark Knight. You've got The Iron Man. There's loads of films, and there's still so many more that we're going to do. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. See you later, guys. Hope you enjoyed listening. Take care.